Welcome to the Understory Podcast. In this episode, we're really happy to have Anders Ankerlid, who is the founder and CEO of A Good Company. Anders, welcome to the Understory Podcast. I know it's pretty late for you. You're based in Stockholm, Sweden. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's 9 p.m. here, though, but I'm energized as yeah. Yeah. Sonic. We're, we're such a big fan of A Good Company. Uh, for many different reasons, um, but I would love to have you tell the story of why you start the company and what is the company's mission, what you hope to accomplish. Yeah, sure. Happy doing so. My one of the favorite topics we have. Um, so summer of 2018, typical at summertime, we I have three kids and a, and a wife, and she grew up at a farm in a very low key environment. We don't have any TV, no internet. We have 10 cows, a small lake. We basically live off the nature. So we spend summertime when it's uh, semester break there with the kids and, and uh, try to, to plug out a little bit if you, if you like. And summer of 2018, uh, at that time, I was a well-paid management consultant who basically traveled around in, in Europe and, and um, gave advices to, to CSU people all around, the, uh, yeah, at least in Europe. Um, um, back to summer then. So it was um, extremely hot in Sweden, summer of 2018. It was the hottest summer uh, since they actually started to record temperatures. So I think wow. for at least 150 years. And basically, if you in the beginning of the summer, we thought it was kind of nice since the water was very hot. Uh, you could basically experience the, the uh, Mediterranean, but being in a quite uh, north yeah. country if you like but what happens over time when you live close to nature and also close to animals is that when it's when it's hot over time they are getting into serious issue with staying alive so basically the well dried out uh the and that happened haven't happened as long as my wife's family has had this farm and that is for close to 200 years uh the grass was completely burned, so basically the animals, uh, the cows, couldn't eat what they're naturally eating in, in summer. So we had to shift from basically doing canoeing and, and just chilling uh, by, by the beach to keep them alive. So we have to take winter storage food, bring them down, uh, and that basically got me thinking about, okay, climate change might be something which is actually happening, and maybe... Mm-hmm typical men related that you have to see it firsthand to understand that it's actually uh, gonna influence you and gonna influence the kids but basically we decided to um, try to do our part to to be a little bit better persons and a little bit better role models for the kids and do something who can possibly uh, influence some of the things in in world which needs help and one thing when we did and started doing research, and I think that comes quite naturally being a consultant, was consumption habits and mm-hmm. all of the, the things we are just mindlessly buying. So that's the spark of a good company. And our efforts from that day has been to transform people's minds from mindless consumption into conscious decisions. So that's basically what we do, uh, even though that it takes shape in form of sustainable everyday products uh, who is also well designed, uh, but by the end of the day, what what our main focus is is to 
change and influence this this uh, consumption habits, uh, which I think is quite important if we should change the path of, of uh, uh, climate change in, in total. Yeah, and you talk about mindless consumption, which is, you know, high volume consumption of everyday goods. And kind of talk about from, from that perspective to the kinds of products that um, you have on uh, on your website uh, from an e-commerce perspective. Yeah, so from my e-commerce perspective, we are both a D2C brand, meaning that we sell direct to consumers. We sell to from three different warehouses to approximately 70 countries a month. We also have are starting to get in, uh, quite strong retail presence. So we see that there's an underlying demand for well-designed, sustainable, everyday items. And I think we are a premium brand. We don't recognize ourselves as an eco brand. Uh, looking into the partnerships we are having with other uh, with other brands and, and where we position ourselves, we are really trying to, for each and every product or innovation we engage ourselves to, do we really want to find a great alternative for a well-designed item? Since creating only eco-friendly items in, in terms of, of vibe and in terms of, of mm -hmm. design and so on, we believe that that's only going to preach to the choir. And we want to reach the broad mass of people and then influence them and change the behaviors. So some of the categories, we are working at any given time on maybe 10 to 15 products uh, in, in within the design team. Some of the products we have dropped so far, we are making phone cases out of uh, the waste from the linseed plant in Sweden, 100% circular, only made from plants, compared with a traditional plastic phone case, which you cannot even recycle, so they're just going to end up in landfill. Can you make yeah. close to a thousand of these compared with one plastic case, including uh, um, just equivalent in, in CO2 emissions? We make stationary products from stone paper. We make a lot of different bamboo products. We just dropped a sustainable made-to-order um, sort of art or poster collection, which uh, has 2,500 prints. And we wasn't able to find a, a sustainable way of making uh, wall art. So mm. we then decided that we need to build up from ground up our own print shop. So we work with with makers we know in that specific category uh, and buy from source uh, bamboo we we make uh, bamboo pulp from that we make it into really nice and affordable paper we take that to train to our own factory which is basically uh, within our own warehouse and then we have trained and educated people so what people are ordering on a tuesday are we making from them on a wednesday and they most likely get it on a friday so we are, instead of having a patchwork within the poster and, and sustainable wall art uh, industry, are we making everything 100% locally and, and uh, yeah. in-house? Same with frames. So that's some of the categories. And, and we are trying to make as many products as we can afford and can, but it takes time. Yeah, as you said, it's, um, I mean, it's really fascinating. I think when I first went to a website, First of all, I was drawn to the name, a good company. And I started yeah, looking at the, the product. Name ever. Well, it's a great name, I think, <laughs> and a great uh, domain, which I will let you share in a minute. But um, it's, uh, when, I think when I first got to the website, 
I thought this is another e-commerce website uh, that sell really beautiful, well-designed products. Some of the stuff are a little bit more pricey, um, but you know, it it, uh, it matches to I think kind of the aesthetics and and the quality uh, of of the products. But then when I go into some of these product descriptions, it, it's it's totally different, right? As you said, you actually for almost all the products, I think the product description actually start with how is this a climate positive or climate friendly product? What is it made out of, etc. And it's, it's really amazing, I think, from many different perspectives, you're trying to educate your consumer and uh, change the way that they think about uh, perhaps buying a, something slightly more expensive, like a slightly more expensive uh, f- phone case, a, a smartphone case, uh, case, but it's actually recyclable. It's actually good for the environment. Um, so talk about the sourcing. So you, I know you talked a little bit about the sourcing. So do you, um, you know, do you have like small batch products and, you know, you do frequent drops? Um, cause I, I imagine that it takes a lot of research to find the right suppliers, right sources, and actually make these things look beautiful and for people who want to buy them. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, in uh, if you look at our current staffing, we are very heavy in sourcing, quality assurance, and design. So looking at a team is maybe 25 people now. Half of them are engaged within sourcing uh, designers who can, one, be product designers, but it could also be industrial designers who can really work with material compositions and and that's to the length we are going into any new product our our main core value when we are evaluating a new product Mm -hmm. are quite easy Uh, we need to be able to take a product who a lot of people use turn it into something as beautiful as the best one around so when we when we dropped our stone paper notebooks as one example we looked at moleskin, which we believe is the most premium stationary right. product out for the broad mass. And then we decided that we're not going to give up until we have a better product than that. Um, secondly, we are looking for raw materials that uh, can be great for the planet, but it's also lovely to use. And if speaking then about the stone paper product, what's great about that is it doesn't have any grain direction meaning it's the pen just floats around the, the paper and mm-hmm. it's also natural white, so it's very convenient to, I mean, take notes on and so on and so forth. And it's also tear resistant and yeah, uh, waterproof and so on. So there's a lot of, of USPs. Then from that, are we trying to find, so we're looking at all of these progressive materials and we share a lot of our knowledge online. We have a section called materials where we basically describe all of the materials we are enjoying and looking into. Then are we trying to find a local partner? So our philosophy is to find the raw material from that produce as close to the raw material as possible. So for one example, um, stone paper, it's made in Taiwan. So then we find a local bookmaker in Taiwan who can who can fit our values. And the values for that are quite easy. We demand fair living wage. So we're not only demanding minimum wage, which most brands are, are doing. Mm-hmm. And that also relates to that the products are unfortunately a little bit on the expensive side since 
the people who, who make the products can actually live from only that work. They don't need to have two jobs, three jobs, and or be a waiter at the evening time and then be a bookmaker in the morning time for us. Right. Um, then we look into things as such as, as energy source. We look into, we demand the uh, renewable energy. If not all of these, so we have a practice of maybe 10 things we, we spend time on. And also we are educating and investing together within the factories and mm. are moving them into directions. So they can become more sustainable for us and our consumers, but also potentially, since most likely they are working with with other companies, also be more sustainable and helpful for them. So we are trying to take, instead of only be having a buyer, buying, selling relation, we are trying to sit on their side and really help them into what they should prioritize. Should they prioritize water treatment or should they prioritize uh, putting up solar powers or is it better to to rely on wind when it comes to energy or is there anything else that's, that really sets the mark? So that's a quite big chunk who very few people see but that we are both into one extent very proud of but also one thing also that goes into the products as well yeah so it's a lot of work that a lot of legwork typically we spend close to one and a half year for each and every product we set to market wow okay um one of the things you talk about also on your website is that a good company is a carbon uh negative company and you actually demonstrate or show uh in, in your report, um, how how you do that, and can you just share some of the things that you know that go through your mind and your management team's mind or your employees' mind as you think about how a good company uh, can be a carbon negative company through traditional means and just some you know creative stuff that you guys do. Yeah, sure. I'm happy doing so. I mean, we we are just working off the 2020 sustainable report. It's not 100% finalized yet, and people can maybe think that it's a little bit late or or I don't know. But it takes a lot of time yeah. finalizing from close to 20 factories. We ship things from 12 countries to three warehouses. We ship to a lot of countries. We have people in South Africa, Hong Kong, Denmark, Sweden and the Philippines and Barcelona. So we also have people and we need to understand what they are doing. So it takes a lot of time gathering the data. But what we are looking into is the full LCA or the life cycle of each product and all of the pro all of the components around. So we look at the manufacturing part, we look at the recycling part, which is basically end of life. And then we look at transportation, transportation to our warehouses. Uh, transportation to a customer and the usage we try to cover all aspects of the operations and obviously we also look into how are we uh, are we traveling we try to avoid traveling at 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 all costs that's why we have a local team in hong kong as one example since it's they can actually go by train visiting the factories we have in in asia uh, and for the team we have in in europe most likely in, in stockholm we can also go by train or we can do a lot of things digitally since i mean yeah. Not only us has been improving uh, during the pandemic in, in that sense. So we look at all, try, all of the components um, and, and basically we have emissions 
And everyone who says that it doesn't have any emissions, they are liars. So we have emissions. We are trying to minimize them as much as possible. We are influencing our consumers, as one example, to take mm -hmm. slower transportations. So we can take things by truck or train where we can ship a lot more at the same time. But it takes maybe right. one or two days extra. To, so we are basically the opposite of Amazon in that extent. We are not trying to get overnight shipping as a standard. We are trying to get the slowest, least emission-driven shipping to be the standard for our our consumer base and educate them why. Uh, so there's a lot of things that goes into it, and I think we get better and better. And what's glad about uh, doing the operation as we are doing is that we can see clear, even though that we are scaling uh, quite rapidly, we still can keep our emissions very controlled. Uh, right. But we have emissions, and for that we are planting a hell lot of trees. Yeah. which is a great carbon uh, catcher. Yeah. Well, I think some of the small things that you, I mean, you list all these on your website and it's amazing. I really encourage everybody uh, re read it because yeah, I feel like every every company is doing sustainability reporting and um, and you, you really speak in very simple language to your customers, to uh, your stakeholders and exactly... As what you said, you actually list the things that um, are driving emission um, for your company and the things that you're doing to try to reduce emission and what is the net effect. And then you also communicate very specific focus areas, for example, for 2020, that you know when you release the 2019 report, what you're going to do. I mean, even small things that you write, which um, I think perhaps we're more sensitive post-pandemic, but... You know, you do right when we travel. We we'll make sure it's for a long-term stay, not mm. a one-day events, right? Yeah. Uh, you encourage your customers to use standard shipping, which you mentioned, and it just just very interesting the kind of transparency that you bring uh, through your website to your customers in many ways. Yeah. Um, and I think that was one of the one of the promises we had. We, we have three very easy values, which we go with all day long. Uh, be completely transparent, don't cut corners, and don't become corporate. So these are the three things we really <laughs> care for. <laughs> and I love it's easy. that. Yeah. yeah, it's easy. And, and most people can remember them. And I can ensure you that all of us are, are living through them. But be completely transparent is such an easy thing to accomplish. It's just decide to not have anything to hide yeah. and if you have things i mean we have uh we we also do mistakes we are improving the products when we first dropped the a good bottle as one example it wasn't from recycled steel now it's 100 percent from recycled materials but yeah. we also are improving uh, right. and we try to bring since we don't do any discounting we try to bring our consumers or the people in visiting our website onto a journey on here is basically all of the heart that goes into this specific product or this specific category or and we are totally fine if, if one cannot afford or not interesting in buying at that's that's totally okay but at least we would like to share what we have put into that specific product or that specific idea right. uh, and, and at least I see myself as some type of a geek, but I think most people can relate to that if you know the background from something and how it's made and, and from what materials it's come for and how it's been transported, 
into some extent, we believe that you will appreciate that product more than just a random thing you buy off shelf uh, for a few dollars and then life continues as as is. So so we hope that people uh, that that we can, into one one extent, maybe inspire them, but on the second hand, more importantly, over. Uh, educate them about all of the small aspects and all of the things we also said no to uh, designing and and dropping a new product. Anders, I I love this conversation and uh, I really hope that um, actually many, many of the large companies that are trying to transform uh, their sustainability practices and think about sustainability also from a product innovation perspective that they visit your website and they hear this podcast and many other interviews that you have given. Um, and I, I really applaud you for the kind of mission-driven, transparency-driven company that you're building. Um, so lastly, tell, uh, you know, tell our audience, like, where can they find you? Where can they uh, buy your product? Uh, what's your sure. social media handle, et cetera? Sure. So for inspiration, maybe Instagram is the best. We are on Instagram via a good com. So in one word, a good com uh, with a with a blue verified uh, batch. So they can see that it's us and not only one trying to mimic us. Uh, website wise, we are on a good com. And then you can read about our foundation. You can read about us and you can also find the products. But there's also other things that are read not only to buy the products. And if you're aiming to contact me, I would say maybe LinkedIn is the best. Uh, Anders Ankolade can easily be found on LinkedIn. I try to respond to each and every one, and we are happy to help if there's a young entrepreneur, or as it was today, a big giant corporation seeking for advice. We are happy to share the knowledge we have gained over these years that we've been around. Amazing. Anders, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your perspective. Thank you for having me.